Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to Just Friends. I hope you all are having a great week. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and this is part two of our conversation with my lovely wife, Sarah Embry. So if you haven't already checked out part one, make sure you go back and listen to it first. And then you can come back and you can check this episode out because it's awesome too. Sarah is beautiful and she's charming. And I'm sure after you guys finish listening to this podcast, it'll be obvious why I married her. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get back to our conversation with Sarah Embry. So that kind of leads us into the next big thing I want to talk about, because since those trips, you've done two really big trips yeah, two trips I would say were independent and like actual adult trips where I organized, facilitated, and went myself mm-hmm. with and no help. The first one you went on was right after you and I met each other. It was. I felt kind of bad because we became kind of serious really quickly. Um, we met in July, and then I went in September on a 16-day trip <laughs> and kind of left you. So I've already sort of told the story of us meeting each other yeah but you should tell the story of us meeting each other from your perspective i feel like my perspective is very similar to your perspective we were at a bar late at night both of us were kind of grumpy you weren't the only one grumpy i know you said you were but i was also like it was late we were ready to go home it was kayla's birthday we had had a really fun time and you came up and approached us you and dave me and Kayla, because our friends, I believe it was Stephanie and Sarah Jane, were in the bathroom. I don't think I know Stephanie. I don't think you've ever met Stephanie. Stephanie moved away. So she's she's several states away in, uh, I think, South or North Carolina. Sarah Jane was definitely there. Was Mary Alice was there. She went home early. Mary Alice. That's actually who I meant when I said Sarah Jane. They, got, they both have two names, so I, I, I get them confused. <laughs> Mary Alice went home early. So we were dancing, and then one of them had to pee, so we went to the bathroom. And then Kayla and I were like, no, like we're just going to hang out here by this tree and talk. So we're talking, sipping on our drink, and it's late. And then you and Dave come up and approach us, because it's just the two of us. And... Um, we start talking. I start talking to Dave, and then I start talking to you. And yes... You were awkwardly rubbing your hands together, leaning against a tree. The lean is my move. <laughs> I've, I've done the lean. Um, the lean started. Everybody's heard the story, but I, I busted out the lean when I was asking Brittany Nally to the movies. What? When I was like 11. And I've yeah. kept the lean in my repertoire ever since. I enjoyed talking to you. We talked for probably 45 minutes. It was yeah. a long time. Um, and then we left cause it was getting late and we were ready to go home. And, um, I think either I texted you immediately or you texted me immediately. I don't remember which. So let me ask you before we get to there, cause I have an answer for that. What did you think when you saw me and Dave coming up? Tall, beautiful Dave, big swinging dick, <laughs> huge muscular biceps, beautiful chiseled chin. Then me standing next to him, squat uh ch- little chubby kind of awkward you had on a light blue button down i did have that. i still have that in khakis because that's your staple yeah and i enjoyed your beard thank you and i enjoyed talking to you you were really easy to talk to we had a nice conversation um and you were cute but i was awkwardly rubbing my hands together you were a little awkward but i i was also i think a little awkward so I just kind of understood that you were awkward. I mean, we were strangers. I feel like that's always going to be kind of awkward. So I didn't really hold that against you. Thank you. 
and our first date was awkward. It was two hours max. That was on it was purpose. Short. I <laughs> know, but I got there early and then you showed up wearing a camel shirt. Like you looked prepped out. First of all, that's my, that at the time was my best shirt. And, <laughs> and I had bought those pants in preparation for the evening. You told me that. Because I yeah. didn't have any good pants. You told me your sister had helped you pick, pick out those pairs of, sh- they were shorts. They, they were, were shorts. Yeah. You're right. But our first date was cute. Like we didn't even get food. We got truffle fries and beer. Mm-hmm. And then we walked around the park and we just talked. Yeah. So I had read that first dates, you want to keep them short. You want to get in, you want to get out because you don't want, because you barely know each other. That's smart. It could get awkward. I really did like you, but I like, I wanted to know more about you. Yeah. I didn't really get that on our first date. I left you wanting more. You did not walk me to my car though. I felt awkward about that. Did you? Well, we hugged goodbye. We didn't even kiss goodbye. We didn't have our first kiss on our first date. We hugged goodbye, but then it was like we we separated and I walked to my car and you worked to your car. But what I will say is we had really good conversation. Like we really did not have any of those moments of like, uh, what is, who says something next? Like it was really natural. We just, we were good at talking to each other. I get uncomfortable with silence. So I probably just rambled every time Maybe I got quiet. Because I'm quiet. So I like silence. Mm-hmm. So, but I really enjoyed it and I wanted to go on a second date. Which we did. Which we did. Our second date was to Falls of the Ohio. Which we screwed up. <laughs> never, fa- never found the falls. We we went on a day where I think the water was high. Definitely found the Ohio. Definitely found the Ohio. Um, I found it. I got it in my shoe. The actual place itself was closed. Um, you did. You you stepped out on a rock and then the water came up and completely soaked your shoes. I felt bad. But it was cute. We sat on a log and we talked some more. Mm-hmm. I was pretty pissed. I and was then really we went annoyed. to, do you remember where we went next? Third date or just that day? Second date, that day. We went to Garage Bar. Wait. Before. Oh, we went to Feast. Wait, what? Yeah, our second date. Our third date, we went to Feast. Okay, hold on a second. Let me think. We went to Falls of the Ohio. And then we went to, where? I don't know, where did we go? We went to Troll Pub. Oh, yeah. Did we? We did. We had dinner at Troll Pub at the bar. And then we had a beer. And then we went to, from there, Garage Bar. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. And at Garage Bar, we had good conversation. But then you tried to kiss me. I was going to kiss you. Unfortunately. Or fortunately. I don't know. Which way you look at it. But Sarah Jane was also there. And she, like, saw me from afar and, like, yelled my name and, like, ran up to me and gave me a hug. That bitch. <laughs> As I was about to get a move. I know. I would, I would I hope you, <laughs> that you would think of that as unfortunately. Well, I mean, no, it was unfortunately, but it was also kind of fun because I got to see Sarah Jane and I hadn't seen her in a while. I didn't know who she was. So I was just like, I wish you'd go away. You didn't. So that happened. And then you took me back to my car and then you didn't kiss me goodnight, which I thought you would. I really did. But you said you didn't want to kiss me in your car. Is that weird? Is that awkward for like kisses in a car? Yeah. The lean to kiss in the car is awkward. It's not ideal for a first kiss. Yeah, because you really do have to rely on, especially me, because, you know, I'm not super, like, flexible, little chubs. Um, I I would have had to have gone a long way into an awkward position to kind of get that full. And if you didn't commit, then it would have just really been devastating. So you were just afraid of having a really bad first kiss. Yep. So you wanted to postpone it Mm -hmm. to the next time, which I'm assuming was hard. Because I wanted to kiss you. So I'm sure you wanted to kiss me. 
right? I mean, you know, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but we had kind of already agreed on a third date. We did, yeah. So I knew, I was like, I'm going to have a chance. So I wasn't sweating it too much. So our third date, you took me to a renaissance fair. Always a good move, ladies. I had never been to. Never been to. Totally I, new. Yeah, I'd been like five times. It's one of my favorite places. You picked me up from my parents' house, where I was living at the time. I was hungover. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you did not know that. I was hungover because I had gone out with my friends the night before, Riley and Kimmy and Elena and them. So we went to the Renaissance Fair, and it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I didn't really know what to expect. You had kind of told me, but it was still so different. Mostly lots of nerds. Yeah. Really but, mostly just lots of nerds. But it was fun. Like, we got to we got to do archery. Like, you could pay to shoot an arrow. Which I'm a professional at, by the way. <laughs> we saw a show. The show was really interesting. It was a magic show. Oh, yeah, the magic show. That's really what the whole Renaissance Fair is. It's mostly shows... And then shops, and that's really the two. That's really what it is, because they have they have the the jousting, and there were horses there, so I knew you'd like that. Yeah, that was thanks for that. You bought? Do you know? Do you remember what you bought? I bought that crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> and it was awesome. I still have. I still have the crossbow. Really? I think so. I just don't have the bolts. You lost them. Do you know? Do you remember how you Chris lost Barry them? lost them? Okay, so this story. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just gonna tell this. We go to the Renaissance Fair on a third date. We have a great time. You bought a crossbow with little arrows that had plastic tips. Yep. You could shoot people with it and it wouldn't it wouldn't really hurt them or, you know, maim them, which you did to me a lot. Um and then for uh, some I don't think I did it to you a lot. Maybe once. Yes, you did. I, I disagree. You also said you wanted to shoot your kids because you're a teacher. With a with a with a rubber tipped crossbow. <laughs> Anyway, so you put... Let's make sure we get that part in there. <laughs> with a toy rubber-tipped crossbow. Which you never actually did. But you put the actual arrows, rubber-tipped uh. arrows, in a vase on your <laughs> kitchen table. Let me explain that. So Chris Berry, the moment he saw that I had purchased a projectile-throwing apparatus, he proceeded to shoot me with it on a regular basis. And he was aiming for my sensitive parts, like my face and my genitals. And so he was coming over one day, and I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and hide these from him so that he can't shoot me with them. So I stuck them in this vase. And then that vase was removed from our home. So one day you texted me, and you're like, so my ex-girlfriend's going to come over and take her stuff away. It's like, okay, that's fine. I don't really care. But she took that vase. Yeah. With the crossbows in it. Yeah, I wonder what she thought when and she found never, those. Do you think she found them? Oh, she had to have. She had to have. <laughs> so you never got them back, and then you haven't used it since. Well, I don't have anything to shoot with them now. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, but that was our third date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a great date. Uh, After our third date, I was like, okay, this is somebody that I want to invest time in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And now I'm married to you. I liked you. you. I liked you too. Yeah. You were pretty. Thanks. And you would talk to me, so I was like a double whammy. <laughs> you were cute thank you so then not long after that you went on your big trip so (laughs) starting about the big trip you have to understand that the person i went with on that trip carrie is her name and i met her a couple months before at work before me or before the trip before you i had met her a couple months before at work um probably in march or april 
um, she worked on the unit or the sister unit to my unit on night shift. And I got pulled over to her unit and we had time to talk and we talked about our love for travel and how we wanted those experience of ad- adventure. We were both single. Actually, I think she was dating somebody at the time, but I was single. Um, so we planned this trip to Europe and then I met you over the summer. We planned it in April and then I met you over the summer and then we went in September. So it was kind of still all very new. I didn't really know her super well. But I went on a backpacking trip, 100 to 110 miles. It was somewhere around there um, in Europe. And I kind of felt bad because I left you. I had also just got, I'd gone on like a week trip to Florida, like two weeks before then also. Or no. That was, that was before, that was in like July, wasn't it? So you went on a trip to Florida in July. In August, I went on a trip to Utah. That's right. And then in September, I went on my trip to Europe. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about your trip to Europe or do you want to talk about getting your job at Baptist and then talk about your trip to Europe? Getting my job at Baptist was really easy. Yeah. I mean, I already worked for Baptist. Like before you were a nurse? Mm-hmm. Doing like techie stuff? Yeah, as a nurse assistant yeah. or tech. And then um, they had hiring events and I got hired through a hiring event before I graduated nursing school. Um, so my job was already set up for me and then I just had to pass my test. Once I passed, I, I started Im- immediately. And then once you graduated from nursing school, you got a job at the CCU. Yes. And then the ICU, which is what you're talking about, the sister unit, that's uh-huh. how you met Carrie. That's where Carrie worked. And then you guys planned your all's trip to Europe. Yep. And you were there for 16 days. Which is crazy because I just kind of like had met her and then I was like, let's go to Europe. <laughs> I mean, looking back on it is kind of crazy. We just kind of decided together that we were going to go on this trip together. Um, And we did. And so we left, we went to Europe. And I think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. They say that's true. It really was for us because me being away, I think I really realized how much I cared for you. Yeah. And those moments being away. Yeah. I missed you too. Yeah. And um, that trip was amazing. It was a great experience, but I missed you a lot. And I really wanted to come home because I wanted to tell you about it. And I wanted to, you know, be with you because you were still so new in my life. And you wrote me letters. I did. I sent you a postcard. And that was nice. And I wrote you letters when I left. Um, but we were still so new to each other. I mean, we'd only dated for two months. Yeah, I missed you, but it really wasn't a huge change for me then because only just a few months earlier i had been single yeah so like the other thing that was hard was i couldn't really communicate super effectively yeah that was so hard. i didn't have service everywhere i was because i was in rural france italy and switzerland but i had a satellite so i would use the satellite to communicate and i would send texts through satellite to you so i would i would be able to communicate a little bit with you that way you had a satellite phone mm-hmm. so tell people about the trip like you started planning it in april what was that we process like? did not plan effectively. You Looking back, I would not do it the same way. We did not book where we were staying every night. We just booked our flights, which were cheap, to Paris. And then we booked our flights from there to Switzerland. And then we booked, we didn't really book, but we planned where we thought we would stay every night. And we had a tent with us. So we figured, you know, worst case scenario, we'll just pitch our tent and camp wherever we are like in the wild like wild yeah. camp yeah wild camp, and that's which allowed? is illegal <laughs> okay i was gonna say <laughs> no it's illegal but but below a certain um elevation uh, above a certain elevation it's it's free 
and legal to wild camp wherever. But, you know, we figured we're going late in the season, super late in the season, and we'll be fine. And we were. So we uh, camped the first night at a campsite we bought, um, like a certain spot to camp at. And then the rest of it, we kind of went through camping slash booking a refuge that night when we get there, if there's availability. So we would hike anywhere from 10 hours to 14 hours a day. And then we would get to where we thought we would stop and we would see if there's availability. And if there was, we would stay in the refuge or the mountain hut. And if not, we would camp. So what was the name of the trip that you took or the trail that you took? It's called Tour du Mont Blanc. (laughs) So Mont Blanc is a massive mountain. Um, and it's a hike around that. And it goes through multiple countries, right? It does. Three countries, 110 miles. And the minimum, I think you could do it in like six days. The maximum, you know, like 15 days. We did it in 11 days. So we did it decently quickly. We, we hiked about 10 miles a day. And where did it start? It's Chamonix. In France? In France, yeah. And that's the name of the city? Chamonix, France. Yes, it's a beautiful city. So what was that experience like? Just tell me about like the big takeaways, some of the more interesting experiences, some of the people that you met, all of those different things. The language barrier was tough. Um, We met a lot of people that spoke English. We made friends with a lot of people that spoke English. Um, Because you're not doing this by yourself, right? There's a lot of other people who are doing it as well. So we went there by ourselves, the two of us. And then we met people who started on the same day as us and essentially had the same type of itinerary as us. Um, One was from America. He was solo hiking, hiking by himself. He was from California. His name is Chris. And then the other two we met that we connected with were from the Netherlands who spoke fluent English. So we could speak with them in our our language, but still experience this different culture and this different language. Um, It was kind of like glamping, but really hard hiking. So like the hiking was challenging because we would carry 30 pounds on our back and have to cook our food and stuff. But then once we got to where we were going, we usually had capabilities to shower and to sleep at a comfortable place. Um, Because this is a really popular trail. Lots of people do this. Lots of people do it. You're you're hiking through small towns and small villages. So you get to experience different people in the towns and villages as you go. Uh, We camped only three or four nights because it was so cold. We were not prepared for the cold. Um, I thought it would be a lot warmer than it was. The one night we camped in Italy, it got down in the 20s and we were freezing. Um, So after that, we tried to, as much as possible, stay in the huts or they call them refugios, which are like a mountain refuge. So you have a bunk that's designated to you. And then there's 15 people on your right and 15 people on your left who are sleeping right next to you that you don't know. Um, but you have a place to sleep and you have a shower, access to a shower um, and food. They also cook for you as well. That's warm. And it's warm. The big thing, so yeah. You don't have to camp outside, which is a lot cheaper, but you have to set it up ahead of time, which we did not do. <laughs> um, one experience was really crazy. The best refuge we ever stayed in was called Refugio Bonatti in Italy. It's amazing. Um, it's a couple miles outside of Cumiar, which is a very big city. And you had to hike up a hill to get to it. It was a very short day for us, which we appreciated. And once we got there, um, they had this amazing hot chocolate, which was essentially like melted milk chocolate. It was so thick, like you could barely drink it. 
but in Italy on a cold evening, it was the best. And then (laughs) one thing I remember doing was they assigned us a specific cot. So there's these different cots or bunk beds like throughout the whole refuge. And they assigned us a specific one. We put our backpacks down and then we went to shower and they gave us little shower tokens. Um, (laughs) For some reason, I was the first person down there. Carrie was upstairs, like still like drinking her own chocolate and hanging out with people. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and shower. She was like, okay. And on the doors, there wasn't like men and women. It was just pictures of people and it separated each side. And I picked the one with the skirt because I figured that's surely that's a girl. And I get down there on the first one. There's nobody else there. And I start to shower. I put my tokens in. It's freezing cold. It never got warm. So it was cold shower. I showered as quickly as possible, which probably took, you know, like 10, 15 minutes. And then I get out and I'm like drying off. I put on my like towel and then I walk out and there's this line of probably six guys <laughs> by the sink. And I'd realized that I'd actually gone into the guy's bathroom instead of the girl's. How did you get this? How was, like, where did the disconnect happen? Well, a small mountain refuge in Italy um, just had pictures of people on the doors. And I thought one was wearing a skirt. So I decided to go into that one. It wasn't. It was apparently a man. It looked like a woman. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how it happened. But I awkwardly, like, walked past all of them back to the room, um, which we were staying, which was also co-ed. Um, it was just a funny experience. The other day when we were at Jason's Deli, to go to the bathroom, you walk in a door, and then you're in a little room, and then to, to your left and the right, there's a men's room and a woman's room. This was very similar to that, where you walk into the bathroom area, and then it separates. I just picked one. <laughs> well... I want. I went into the men's room, used the restroom, walked out, and then kind of forgot about the whole situation and just saw the door straight in front of me. Started to walk into it, and then a woman opened that door and saw oh, no. me about to walk in. Woman, she's like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not how you get out of here." And then I just walked out. She probably thought I was a predator. That's awkward. But then you know, like nothing else happened there. When I walked out of the showers in the men's bathroom in the refuge in Italy. All the guys just thought it was hysterical. I bet it was. I mean, probably only one of them spoke English. The look on your face was probably Oh, yeah. Terrified. They were all laughing. A couple of them whistled. Like, it was fine. <laughs> I just walked past them and kept, like, acting like I knew what I was doing. And went back upstairs and told Carrie not to go into that room. So, it worked out. But it was, it was one of those just funny experiences. And then your next big trip was to South America. Do you want to talk about that trip? So when we did the trip in Europe, we met a lot of people who had also done similar trips where they're hiking and they're backpacking and they had mentioned Patagonia. We said, oh yeah, like the brand, you know, the clothing brand. And they're like, no, like the place. We're like, oh, there's an actual place. I honestly did not know that. So we researched what Patagonia was because these people had already done Tour de Mont Blanc, which is what we'd done. And they said, you know, the next trip you go on, look at this place because it's amazing. We're like, okay. So we researched it and um, really loved the pictures. If you look at pictures of Patagonia, it's otherworldly. It looks nothing like Earth. I mean, it just looks crazy. Um, The big mountains, the um, beaches, like it just looks different. 
so we decided to go there, which at the time I was engaged to you and pretty serious. Were we engaged? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We were engaged. We were really serious. When you started to plan the trip? I think so. I can't remember. When you went on the trip, we were definitely engaged. So we planned this trip a bit more ahead of time. And you had to. You had to book every place where you're going to stay, every campsite, everything, or else they wouldn't let you in, which was challenging because it's all in Spanish, <laughs> um, which I am not fluent in. So a lot of email, Google Translate, <laughs> um, helped me get through the planning process. A couple times I remember paying with my credit card for campsites and you know, I'd pay with my credit card in Argentinian or Chilean pesos. And they would email me back. And they're like, you only paid 30 cents instead of $30. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shoot, I'm sorry. So that was challenging because I had to really figure out um, their currency and their language and how to, how to do that over email. And once I got everything booked, and obviously Carrie helped me with that, um, we were way more... Uh, prepared for the trip than we were going to Europe because you um, had every single night's place already yes, pre-booked. You had to, you you absolutely had to, or else they wouldn't let you. And even whenever we got down there, when you were in the park that we hiked in, you had to show proof that you had booked it. So we had to print out our receipts from booking it and bring those with us, or else they would turn you away. So people listening, they probably don't know where Patagonia actually is. So Patagonia is in southern Chile and Argentina. Which is in South America. South America, about as far south as you can possibly go. <laughs> so Chile and Argentina are very long countries. Um, and they go all the way south about, you know, as far as close as you can get to Antarctica as possible. Um, I think the southernmost city is in Chile. That's Yeah, okay, yeah. So we were pretty close to that. So it took four planes and 24 hours to get there. It's a really expensive and long process to get there. Um, once you're there, it's amazing. Um, it's easy to travel by bus, which is what we did. So once we got there, we stayed in Airbnbs and we took Ubers everywhere, which was interesting because I did not speak Spanish. And their Spanish down there is really fast and hard to pick up. Um, and you guys were there for how long? We were there for three weeks. And how much of that trip were you actually hiking? It's weird because um, I know the answers to these questions, but the people who are listening don't know the answers to these well, questions. Well, how much would you say we actually had? Uh, 10 days, right? You yeah. hiked for 10 days and then you were there for 21 days. But then we, get, we did a couple day hikes as well. So we did one big hiking trip, which was a big circle in Torres del Paine, which is a national park down there. And then we did a couple day hiking trips in Argentina. Um, but the big, the big hiking and backpacking trip was Torres del Paine. They have two routes, the W route and the O route. We did the O route, which is longer. And it's it's O because it's the shape of no. It's a circle. So you start and end in the same place. Um, it's amazing. It's like I said, otherworldly. It's It looks like nothing else you've seen before. The wind is crazy. I remember getting off the bus in Torres del Paine. Before we got off, you just looked over and there's these people standing on the side, shading their eyes and like, holding their stuff down because the wind is so strong it's blowing them away so you flew out of louisville south into santiago santiago chile and you spent some time there right not initially no okay. we actually just kept going from santiago further south into punta arenas 
Argentina. Argentina, uh, Chile. Chile, okay. Mm-hmm. So we started in Punta Arenas. We stayed in Airbnb, which was really cool. We explored that city. And then we take a bus to Puerto Natales, which is also in Chile. Um, and that's like the hub for people who hike in this park. Um, so lots of hikers, lots of backpackers in that area. Um, it's right next to the ocean. You can walk to the ocean. Um, but it's also a really cute town. Um, lots of local um, restaurants and bars and stuff you can explore. And then we took a bus from there into the park itself, which was a couple hours away. And then once we got into the park, that's when the backpacking started. So that's when we set up camp. They actually had really strict rules and lots of park rangers, which was different. Um, You know, like you are not allowed to start a fire at all. If you start a fire, you're kicked out. You're not allowed to swim. If you swim in a lake, you're kicked out. A couple of people got away with it, though. <laughs> um, stuff like that. They had really strict rules. The very first day, I remember the park ranger came up to us because I think we just looked so um, out of place <laughs> and taught us how to tie down our tent because we were worried it would get blown away. The wind there is like nothing I've ever experienced. It's insane. And... Um, so he taught us how to tie down our tent and then we went on a day hike. We came back to our tent and then we started the backpacking trip, which was a circle and it was about 80 miles. So that was pretty amazing. It was just beautiful. Every day was something new. And you stayed, you, you tent camped the whole time, right? We tent camped and then no, about, um, I think four days we stayed in huts. Um, which is really cool. It's very basic. Some of them have electricity. Some of them don't. And some of them have cold showers. Some of them don't. Um, most of them have to be, um, you have to take a horse in for supplies or helicopter will drop supplies. But you could buy things. Like we could buy candy at most of them, stuff like that. Um, and they were just like a cot in a house that you would stay in. Did they cook um, dinner and stuff at these? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. cool. They would cook for you so you could buy dinner there. And then once you finish the circuit, you start where you entered the park. And like to even enter the park, you had to watch a video and you had to prove that you had um, accommodation booked. They only let a certain number of people in every year. So there's wild horses there. Mm-hmm. There are also cougars. Pumas. Mountain lions. They call them pumas. They're all the same thing. They are all the same thing. They are wild there, and they are well-known there. Um, we never saw one, which Carrie wanted to. It was her goal to see one, <laughs> which terrified me. We saw a lot of foxes. Those are pretty common. Oh, Yeah, but uh, luckily we did not see any pumas. It would have freaked me out. A couple of people on our trip did, though. So they were there. We just didn't actually see them. Puma con color is the scientific name for the mountain lion. <laughs> so I was terrified of them. Well, Carrie, they can kill and eat you, so you should you should be. Okay, so that's rational. But Carrie, on the other hand, wanted to see one. It was her goal. And what's interesting about me and Carrie is Carrie is a very fast, efficient hiker and backpacker. I am not. I'm slow. <laughs> I struggle when I carry weight to hike very quickly. I'm usually in the very back of the pack. We usually start earlier than most people, Carrie and I, when we hike together. So I was like, if anybody's going to get eaten, it's going to be me. Yeah, they would have picked you off. Because I'm the back. I'm the one struggling to catch up. Like, I'm going to be eaten. 
So, yeah, that made me uncomfortable. And one night, I remember this specifically because we bought um, packages of pepperoni and, like, salami from the refuge. And we were just snacking on it. And um, we opened it. We put it. We closed it. And we put it back in our backpacks in our tent, which is, like, a big no-no. When you're hiking, you're supposed to, you know, like, hang your food, like, away from your campsite. We did not do that. So... I've got all this opened meat in my backpack and it's middle of the night. It's the day before we're supposed to get up early and conquer a mountain pass. So we're supposed to get our alarms are set for like 430 or 5. And I'm like, I can't sleep because the whole night I'm worried about this meat that's in our backpack. And throughout the night, you keep hearing all this scurrying around our tent and this like scratching and little... Little foxies? They're foxes. Yeah. So it was just foxes is all it was. But I was like convinced it was a puma. (laughs) So throughout the night, I kept waking Carrie up and I was like, did you hear that? (laughs) Because I heard that. Pumas don't scurry. I know. I know. If it was a big thing, like they would have just eaten us. But for some reason in my mind, I was like convinced. Um Anyway, we got up in the morning and we tackled that mountain pass and it was fine. But yeah, that was just my irrational fear. So when you say mountain pass, basically what you're saying is like you climbed through the lowest part of a mountain so that you get to the other side of it. Yeah. So in Europe, there were about four that we did. Um, One of them I'll never do again. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because it was terrifying. Um, yeah, it made me really uncomfortable. Going down, right? You told me the story. No, for me, it was going up. Really? For Carrie, it was going down. For Carrie, down. it was going down, which was good because we encouraged each other. Um, so I was crying on the way up and she encouraged me and she was crying on the way down and I encouraged her. But for this one in Patagonia, I was really relaxed and I never felt uncomfortable. Um, we got up early. We It took us about 30 to 45 minutes to take down our camp and pack it all up efficiently. Um, so we got up at five. We did that. We started hiking before six and then we got, you had to get to the mountain that like through the ranger station by a certain time or else they'd turn you away. We obviously finished that way early. And then, um, the rest was hiking in snow, which I had not ever done before. This is in the Tour de Mont Blanc, right? No, this is in This is still in Patagonia. Okay. Yeah. So this is in Patagonia. Um, and it was obnoxious because you would put your foot down. You'd go to take a step and then your foot would slide like two feet down in the snow. <laughs> so it was hard and it was it was a slow process. Because mm-hmm. um, you're basically trudging through two foot deep slow, snow? Yeah, essentially. Had there been, were you guys the first? We were the first. That's what so, your mistake was. Actually, it was it was the goal of Carrie. Carrie's goal was to be the first person to climb or, or, or cross that mountain pass uh, that day. And she was, actually. Um, so we started at five essentially getting up and packing i would say we probably got to the snow part by like nine and we started seeing people behind us finally um and once we started seeing people behind us it was like okay we gotta get over this so carrie kind of went ahead of me and she crossed it about five minutes before i did um which was fine because i didn't care i was like i'm going at my own pace and people people passed me and but she was the first one across which was really kind of cool um, but she was determined to be the first one across. And then once we got to the top, oh my gosh, the wind. <laughs> I mean, if you, it was almost like if you weren't holding on to something, you would be just gone. It was that strong. Um, there was a big rock at the top and people would just huddle behind it. 
um, to just like catch their breath and to take pictures because that's the top of the mountain pass. Um, so once I got up there, there were probably four or five of us huddling behind this rock. <laughs> we're like, okay, we can't stay here very long. So we stayed there for probably about 10 or 15 minutes and then we started declining on the other side. So it's a strong uphill and then it's a steep downhill. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was fun. Who did you hike with? You hiked with a, like a family, didn't you? For a little bit of it? Um, there was a family from Iran. Iran. And they had kids? They had kids, um, which they regretted doing. <laughs> they quit about um, five days in. Because their kids couldn't hack it. Because their kids, kids couldn't hack it. They had this amazing tent, though, that would sleep four people, and it was gigantic. This poor dad I had to carry it. I bet it weighed a fucking oh ton. Oh, my God, it did. <laughs> Whew, his backpack was insane. I felt so bad for him. They had two boys. One was 11, one was like nine, um, who they really should not have done that trip with. But they did a lot of it, and they actually they gave their uh, booked hotels to us at the end of the trip. Because they were like, we're not going to use them. You can use them. And then the other people we hiked with um, was a couple from the Netherlands again. A couple from Amsterdam. And then a couple from Switzerland. Which was really fun. That is cool. Yeah. That's why it's like, I want to stay on Facebook. Because I can keep in contact with those types of people. Because that's, that's how I stay in contact with them. Like one of them messaged me on my wedding day and was like, I remember like you told me your wedding is on this day congratulations you know and i hadn't talked to them since the trip so kind of cool and then once you guys got out of the park you still had like what like 11 or 12 days in we south did. america and, and a lot of those days we spent with those same people really? that we hiked with yeah that's pretty cool. um one guy we met from brazil we had met him on like the very second to last day of the hike finished hiking with him and then we took the bus to argentina with him and hiked with him in argentina and that was really cool Any other cool experiences from that? I mean, amazing. Well, like a ton of them. Like we, uh, we hiked on the glacier. Yeah. Yeah. You went horseback riding. We went horseback riding. This is your time to talk about those things, Sarah. In Patagonia. Uh -huh. <laughs> Tell those stories. Are you getting tired? I feel like I've been the only one talking. That's the point. And it's going to be boring because That's... you have not talked at all. Nobody wants to listen to me talk. Everybody who's listening to this knows me. So horseback riding. In Patagonia was an extremely um, awaited thing for me. Yeah, because you're a huge horse nerd. Okay. Um, Carrie is also. If she's listening, you can call her a horse nerd too. Because does, she, does Carrie have a horse? She, no. Does she have a hard horse? Yes. I'm sure she does. But she's <laughs> a horse nerd now. So we booked this tour. <laughs> you're saying you're certain that everybody has a hard horse somewhere in the world somewhere in the world <laughs> i'm certain <laughs> yes you're missing opportunities people who's my hard horse i don't know mitchell i think may's my hard horse oh my god may maybe no i think you haven't met yours yet but we booked this tour of an estancia which is a ranch in patagonia because patagonia is known for horsies no a ste beef steaks. Oh my god! What? I don't no, know. they're known for wool. Oh, okay, cool. Like sheep. Correct. So this is a sheep ranch farm. Ranch farm. Yeah. Okay. So, but it was also a tourist 
kind of farm so you could take a boat to this place and you could experience it right but it was really authentic and um typically whenever you book a horse ride on on a vacation you know you're with like 10 other people you go horse ride for an hour you come back it's like they expect you to like not know anything about horses and then you're done this was very different we get to this place we take a boat to this place where they explain the whole place on the boat ride there when we get there they offer us wine and like typically like like chile's version of beignets i don't know what they're called they're like donuts um and then they take us to the horses in the horse farm um these horses are typically kept wild on the island and then whenever they're supposed to do tours they bring them in then they corral them in um and they asked us you know do you have any experience riding and obviously i said yes carrie said no because she doesn't and this other there was one other girl with us and she said yes so they're like, okay, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. So there's only three of us on this trip. Um, and you're riding Western saddles, right? They're not exactly Western saddles, no. They're traditional Patagonian saddles. I don't even know what to call them. They're very comfortable. Mm-hmm. They don't have a horn. Okay. Um, big stirrups, wide stirrups. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe them. They're not really Western, not really English. They're just very comfortable, easy to ride in saddles super easy to ride in. so you're not like settled down in like a little hole like a western saddle like where you're held on they were essentially like if you feel like you need to hold on to something grab some mane like you know your horse is right here just grab their mane but poor carrie kind of had to just like pretend she was really good at riding because <laughs> me and the other girl obviously like we we had experience riding and um like okay we'll see how it goes and so there's three people who had bought the tour and then there's four people leading the tour. There's more people on the tour, like just working there than there are not. And, um, it was just a random day where they didn't have many people. Um, so they let us go on a way longer ride. It was almost about a three hour ride than normal. And we got to do a lot more. So like within the first 20 minutes, we were galloping their horses across the big field and, um, carry did great she like just kind of held on and (laughs) just went with the flow um and it was really fun it was really good experience um we got to ride in the ocean which is like a bucket list item for me which was really fun which you're probably making fun of me currently i've got i've got so many horribly mean things i could say but i'm gonna keep them to myself we got to ride our horse in the ocean to get back to the estancia and then they prepared a lamb barbecue, which is traditional um, in Chile for us. So we got to experience that. And then they showed us how they um, would train dogs to um, herd uh, the sheep. And then they showed us how they would uh, shear the sheep and what kind of wool is good and what kind of wool is bad. Um, how they could like certain types of wool is like more expensive than others. That was kind of cool. Um, but it was a full day. Yeah, it was a full day in Estancia. It was really fun. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And what else did you see? Like you were in big cities, like because you spent some time. Eventually, you did spend some side, so, time yeah. in Santiago, right? After we left Patagonia region, which is southern, we went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, which I would recommend anybody going to. It's amazing. 
And then we went to Santiago, Chile. Actually, I think it's kind of tumultuous right now because they're kind of well, in the middle of like a coup, aren't they? Yeah, right now is probably not a good time yeah. to visit. But after that, maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going through like a significant revolution at the moment. Yeah, I think they are. But Buenos Aires was really fun when we were there. Um, it was summertime. So it was December in Buenos Aires, which is summertime. And lots of markets, lots of... Um, streets that you could just walk down and experience uh dancing and you could experience different um types of foods and types of drinks that you could try um it was very affordable (laughs) which is different we we went to a steakhouse which argentina is known for their steak i don't know if you know that which carrie is a huge steak fan i'm not a really big steak fan but I tried it while I was there. Um, we waited in a line to get into the steakhouse when it opened, which the line was probably like, I don't know, 50 to 100 people. And we got in immediately because it was before they had opened. Um, and Gary tried their biggest steak possible that you could order, the tomahawk. And we stayed there for two hours while she ate on this thing. And eventually they kicked us out because we were there for too long. But it was hysterical because it was ridiculously affordable compared to steak back home and buying it here and um it was really good like i even enjoyed it and i don't usually enjoy meat ever (laughs) so that was pretty cool that is cool because essentially you're like i mean it's a big city it's like new york but it's in south america so you've got the culture of like this south american country yeah they say it's like the paris of south america so very cultured very lots of music lots of dancing people in our hotel that were extremely interesting from brazil we learned or we we didn't learn but we went to saw um people tango because that's a big thing down that's there. cool um but very cheap to the dollar like we took an uber and it was three dollars for 20 minute uber <laughs> i think that's part of the reason why they had Aren't that revolution that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably um and then we had some trouble getting home yeah uh with the flights (laughs) you know you tell that whole story as if like the most amazing experience of your life which i imagine it was and you were miserable oh god i fucking hated it it was terrible for me i was so lonely because it was the middle of december which i knew you were lonely and i could tell whenever we would facetime or i guess we wouldn't facetime because you don't have an iphone we would snapchat video (laughs) yeah that was that was the one that worked best yeah and you were definitely not yourself. I was bummed. I was, were, I was deeply depressed. You were very bummed. And I could tell. And I felt bad because I was having such a great time. But uh, at the same time, like, you were really missing me. And I was really missing you, too. You weren't. You being gone was not the only reason why I was depressed. It was the heart of December. I was all by myself. I was fucking hating my job so much. And... Like I was also in my mind, I thought Sarah's going to be gone for a week. So I'm going to remodel the house because I could, I can destroy the place and have it put back together by the time she gets back. And I was like, she'll be so proud of me, all this stuff. And it'll keep me distracted. What every, what actually I did is I isolated myself for the entire three weeks that you were gone. That's horrible. I know I was, I was all by myself except just me and my dad. And I mean, in all honesty, it was kind of a bad time because at that moment, a lot of my friends that I spent a lot of time with 
Dave was out of town for his job. Chris Berry was having a baby. Chad had just had a baby. Um, and there was nobody to, for me to really spend any time with. And I was just working all morning, coming home, working until bedtime on the house. And God, it was fucking terrible. I was so depressed. And the experience of me coming home <laughs> was worse. Yeah. Which was worse for me, too, because I was ready at that point. I mean, three weeks is a long time to be away from home, mm-hmm. especially especially whenever you have somebody at home who you really love and care about. When that day, I, I never, I will never forget that day. So what's your experience with that? Like That, that specifically you coming home late or just mm-hmm. all of it? You coming home late. Okay, so this is what happened. I had been struggling this whole time that you were gone. Um, you came back, was it the day before I went on Christmas break? No, you were already on Christmas break. I was already on Christmas break. Uh-huh. Barely, but yeah. No, I was not. Cause really? Because I, I was working. Okay. The day you were supposed to get back, I had made plans to leave work early i had okay. I'd found somebody to cover my seventh period you class. were almost on christmas break it was then. very close yeah and i woke up that morning and i had made plans that day for somebody to cover my seventh period class so i could leave school early so i've been gone for three weeks you've been gone for three weeks <laughs> and then i woke up that morning to a text message from you saying that your flight had been delayed and that you were not going to be home and I threw my phone against the wall. You were supposed to pick me up from the airport that day. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. <laughs> oh. And I just cried for like an hour. Oh. And it was awful. I'm sorry. It was terrible. Because I was like, I needed you to be home at that point. It was really, really bad for me. Uh, and you weren't going to be. So it was awful. But I'm sure that you were having a terrible experience too. Because like your flights were delayed. Tell that whole story. So. We were supposed to fly from Buenos Aires, Argentina to Santiago, Chile in the morning. And both Carrie and I did not double check the airport. We took an Uber from our hotel in Buenos Aires to the airport that we had flown into. We go to check in for our flight and they're like, we don't even have your airline here. (laughs) And we had Ubered to the wrong airport. So there are two airports in Buenos Aires for those of you who are flying there. Uh, make sure that you know which one you're going to because they are an hour apart. So our flight took off in two hours and the airport's an hour apart. So we said, we cannot, we can't make that flight. It's not going to happen, which we were extremely upset with ourselves about. Like we were just mad because we totally didn't even pay attention. But luckily in Santiago, Chile, we were supposed to have about a 10 hour layover. So we're like, well, surely we have enough time to get a, buy another flight. So that's what we did. We bought a flight from Buenos Aires to Santiago that day. Because from Santiago, we were supposed to fly back to the United States. So we knew we had to get to Santiago by a certain time, which we made it, but we just had to buy an extra flight, which was, you know, annoying because we had to pay more money for a stupid mistake. We got to Santiago and um, we're like, great, we made it. We have plenty of time. We go through customs. We get to uh, check in for our flight. It's an 11 p.m. flight from Santiago to Texas, um, overnight flight. And we check in for it. They board the plane. We get on the plane. um, And then they let us know about half an hour after we've been staying on the plane that the bathrooms are broken. And that they have maintenance fixing the bathrooms. And we said, okay, that's not a big deal. I said, we'll probably take off just a couple hours later than we expected. We're like, okay. 
Four and a half hours later, <laughs> we've still not taken off. We're sitting on this airplane with no bathrooms. You guys were flying United? United. And they said, okay, if you want to take a break and go to the bathroom, we'll take you out to the terminal, which I think I did. Carrie didn't. And then they said, you know, our mechanics are almost done. We'll have at least one bathroom working for this flight, which we need to at least have one because it's like a 10-hour flight. Um, and then they got the bathrooms working. Five hours delay. And then they said, okay, we're going to taxi up to the runway and take off, which... I sent you a text message saying, we're leaving now, finally. You know, I'll see you next tomorrow. And then we taxi out on the runway, and <laughs> we're waiting for our turn to, like, take off. And they come over the loudspeaker, and they're like, um, our pilots have timed out their night flying, um, and they can't fly at nighttime anymore, so we have to go back and refund you and cancel this flight. <laughs> so at that point, we've been sitting on the plane for almost six hours, and we were so over it <laughs> so we taxi back to santiago chile in the airport we go through customs all over again they search all of our bags and all that over again they opened up a whole separate um section just for our flight to go through and then they said okay we're gonna put you up in a hotel so we get to the hotel around 4 or 5 a.m i think it was it was late um or early depending on how you look at it it was a really nice hotel, though. They bussed us to the hotel, which was um, downtown. It was about an hour from the airport. Um, and then that's whenever I texted you from the hotel saying, okay, it's going to be an extra day because they said our next flight won't be until 11 p.m. the next day, which was almost like 30 hours postponed from whenever I was supposed to start flying home, which was really hard because I think you called me immediately and you were just really frustrated and upset. But I had no control over it at all. Yeah. Um, there was really no way for me to get home any faster. So they put us in this hotel. We got to explore Santiago, which we didn't get to. Um, so we left the hotel. We walked downtown Santiago just around, <laughs> which was cool. We went to the mall and uh, went to a coffee shop and like that sort of thing. And then we eventually did get back on the flight. We met a couple other people, too at lunch because they provided a free lunch for us um and then we got back on the flight and we were essentially we were home the same time but it was a full day later than they expected mm -hmm. us to be home and you know at the time i thought a lot of the reason why i was super upset was because you were gone but having done another december at dawes high school yeah i think a lot hard. of it had to do with my environment and the people i was around and yeah. the negativity um, and just the challenges of the job I was doing. And then the winter time and it being dark all day long. But yeah. that that three weeks sucked for me. But I'm glad you had an awesome time. <laughs> um, I mean, I did, but I also really missed you. Yeah. I imagine you did. I missed you a lot too. So I'm that was, I think that was the most um, intense trip I've ever done, yeah. <laughs> which was the last trip I've ever done. Um, but yeah, those two trips, Chile and Europe, Tour de Mont um, were like the two biggest trips of my adulthood that I planned and went on myself with just one other friend. Yeah, well, we'll do another one. We'll do one. Yeah, we should. You got to plan it, though, because I've never done anything like that. I can plan it. I'm good at that. The closest thing that we have done like that together was our honeymoon. Our honeymoon was similar because we weren't in the same place for very long. So we kind of kept traveling and kept moving. Throughout the, it wasn't backpacking. It wasn't hiking. But it was traveling and moving it was like a road trip 
you have done a lot of talking so i can tell that story if you would prefer okay so our honeymoon i knew that you liked trips like that and i knew that you would be happier with a trip where we traveled a lot and got to experience a lot of different things as opposed to like the more traditional honeymoon to like a beach where you just spend a lot of time chilling and relaxing and honestly i'm so glad that we had the honeymoon that we had because it was an amazing experience for me, me. too. And I had a blast. Me too. And although I, I do love like a, a beach, like veg out and read, but it's not the same as what we got to experience. It gets old so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have done it for more than like five days. But we were on our honeymoon for 16 days and it was awesome. So we flew into Seattle and we spent three days in Seattle. We stayed in the Ace Hotel in downtown Seattle. And we kind of had planned it out. That was a big part of our honeymoon was we had to plan our whole wedding because we didn't have like a wedding planner or anything like that. Like we organized that whole event and kind of made that thing a reality. And it was beautiful. Our wedding was beautiful. I couldn't be happier with it. There were a few things that didn't go as planned, but that's pretty normal. And ultimately it was a beautiful wedding. But also we had to plan our whole honeymoon. And it wasn't just like a book, a flight, and book a place. It was like we we stayed in. How many different places do we stay in? It was 16 days total. And the most we stayed in one place was three nights. Yeah. So we stayed three nights in three different places. And then... The rest was like one or two nights. Two nights. So that was four places. So we must have stayed in eight places. Probably. Yeah. We booked all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad took care of flights for us because he's a gangster. Mm-hmm. But we flew into Seattle and we stayed in the AS Hotel for three nights. And Seattle was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We got to see Pike Place. And we didn't even go in the the first ever Starbucks, did we? No, we saw it from outside the yeah, street. Yeah, because the line was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, Pike Place was really cool. And we saw a lot of the parks in Seattle, which were amazing. The fish market and the flowers in Pike mm-hmm. Place blew me away. Mm-hmm. The flowers. I've never seen anything like this. Amazing flowers. Just yeah. all different types everywhere. And the craziest part about it was we get there in the morning around like 930 and there's fish on ice like and they're just throwing fish through the air and there's people everywhere and there's (laughs) millions of flowers and all of these different booths set up and then remember we walked through it like later that night at like 730 and fucking everything was gone everything they packed everything up yeah it was it was so dramatically different so it was just like it was dead there was nobody there yep um so i guess they set that up every morning they must they must get started every Which morning and set insane. that up. Yeah, the amount of work that goes into oh, that. Oh, must be great. They probably have a really good system to make yeah. it pretty quick because I mean that's what they're doing every time. But we saw Pike Place and that was beautiful. And Seattle was beautiful. I love the big city feel of Seattle, but it wasn't a very big city. Like we walked everywhere we went, and we walked over the entire city. And <laughs> we walked a lot more than most people probably do. Though. Yeah, well, we had to. We I didn't mean, have a car. Yeah, we just kind of dealt with it and walked, and we were just like, well, we're walking. It was amazing. And we walked to that Discovery Park, and we hiked. And I, mm-hmm. in the middle of the city, yeah. we hiked up like this huge mountain. We saw a slug that was like huge. Yeah. is the biggest slug I've ever seen in my life. And we went made it to the ocean. Yeah. And we did make it to the ocean. Because mm-hmm. we walked along that beach. Yeah. Gosh, that was so cool. 
we rode that big um what would you call that thing ferris wheel ferris wheel. up and we saw the mountain <laughs> what mountain was that that was a uh, mountain hood no mount rainier yes yeah you could see mount yeah. rainier and then we went from seattle to the olympic peninsula so we did that trip which the olympic peninsula is like a big park um, but it's also combined with Indian reservations, which was really cool because um, we got to drive on the Indian reservations and like meet people who lived there. We um, went to Forks, guys. We went. We, we went, went. We went to Forks, which you guys will know from Twilight. Yep, we were there. Not a lot to see there. <laughs> it's gorgeous. I don't know what you're talking about. It was one. Of the, it was so beautiful. Everything was. It, I felt like I went back in time a little bit because yeah. it was tiny little towns. Yeah. Like I've never seen, just right on the beach. Do you remember getting pulled over by a police officer? I do. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> so was- I'm sleeping in our rental car mm-hmm. and you are driving. Yes. And I wake up to you being like, oh shit, I'm getting pulled over. And I just see in the rear of your mirror lights. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I sit up and I'm like, you know, I'm making sure I'm wearing my seatbelt and all this stuff. And um, we pull over and the guy comes up, the cop. And we give him the rental car paperwork and our licenses. And he's like, oh, yeah, what are y'all doing here? What are you, where are you from? We're like, well, we're from Kentucky. It's our honeymoon. You know, we didn't see the school zone. Like, we didn't mean to, like, speed. Cause we you we were weren't speeding. in a school zone. We weren't in a school zone, but, it, like, it was construction or something. No, the speed limit was 55, and I was just, there was nobody to be seen for speeding. a thousand miles. Okay. So I was about going about 80. You were speeding, and I was asleep. And then... The cop comes back after, I guess, taking our paperwork and our license. And he's like, so what do you guys do? And I was like, well, I'm a nurse. And uh, you said, you know, you're a teacher in Kentucky. And he said, he started offering us jobs. Yeah, he wanted us to move there and live there. <laughs> he was like, so the school like a mile ahead is looking for a teacher. And <laughs> he kept trying to get us to like move there. Mm-hmm. It was really sweet of him, but he it didn't give nice. us a ticket, which was nice. Yeah, I don't think they want to discourage tourism. No. So the last thing he wanted for us was to go home and be like, don't go to Forks. Those motherfuckers will write you tickets. Yeah. That was the <laughs> last thing he wanted. Look at you yawning. You're getting sleepy. No. Oh. You want to wrap it up? Almost. We got to finish our honeymoon. Okay. So we hiked Mount Storm King while we were in the Pacific Northwest. Mount Storm King while is we're in the, a bitch. It was, it was rough. So this mountain i guess you could call it that is switchbacks up to the top and then once you get to the top there's a sign that says end of maintained trail and then you have to decide whether or not you're going to continue going which if you continue going you will have known that people have died on this trail yearly yeah somebody had died like what like two months earlier yeah and so then there's all these ropes attached to trees that you can use to climb up to the top. And then once you get to the top, it's like, okay, now you just have to scale these loose rocks to get over the very last rock to get to the top. And all you're seeing is this massive lake, which we've already seen from above. Mm-hmm. So we did not finish the top. We did not. I, I wasn't about to risk my life on our honeymoon. I kind of regret not doing it. I, I don't think, at all. I think we should go back and finish it. I mean, if I went back, I'd probably finish it, but I don't regret stopping where we stopped because we had gotten super f- way more far up than I thought we would. And we saw the same thing we would have had we continued. Yeah, and it was pretty precarious. It was really precarious. It was also kind of like cloudy and rainy. It was cloudy. And that was what was disappointing because I knew 
once we got up there, there wasn't going to be a lot to see. Just clouds. So we did Mount Storm King. We came back. We got pictures from it. Yeah. It was 2,000 feet in elevation. Something like that. Or was it 4,000 feet? I don't remember. In two miles. It was it was crazy. It was a lot. Steep. It wasn't as steep as what I did in Europe, which is why I'll never do that trip again or that hike again, mm-hmm. specifically that day. But yeah, it was really steep. And then we kept going south. We made it to Oregon. Yep. So, wait, well, no, but we did a lot of other stuff in the Pacific North, in that in the Olympic Peninsula. We saw Ho Rainforest. Is that how you say it? I think it's H-O-H, right? It's H-O-H. Yeah. Maybe it's just H. You kept calling it H-O-H, but I called it Ho. I felt weird saying Ho Rainforest. I think it's like a Native American word. Hmm. But it was crazy because it was humongous trees, bigger than I've ever seen in my life covered in moss mm-hmm. we did the trail of moss it, it, it's like literally a rainforest which was crazy it was beautiful and we saw some really cool beaches we saw elk and we saw elk that mm-hmm. was crazy they yeah. were humongous yeah um what was the beach that we saw up there rialto rialto and that was beautiful so we spent how many days did we spend there we stayed in that tiny house we stayed in a tiny house i uh, love that we place. spent like two nights in the Olympic peninsula that's right. And then we drove down to Oregon mm-hmm. and we stayed three nights in Portland. Yes. And we saw Mike Higdon. Shout out to Mike Higdon. Yep. That and his was lovely cool. wife, Kayla. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're not married, but whatever. His lovely significant other, Kayla. Yep. And we hung out with them a couple of days and had a delicious hamburger. That was fun. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. And we we went to Voodoo Donuts mm-hmm. and we spent like a whole day in Powell's bookstore. Mm-hmm. We did all the cool stuff. We stayed in Ace Hotel there too. Yeah, the Ace Hotels in Pacific Northwest are the way to do it. Yeah, they're gangster. And they have breakfast and yeah. we ate in the breakfast places. Yeah. It was really cool. Portland was... I liked Portland a lot, but I think I liked Seattle better. Me too. I don't know why. I don't know why either. But but yes, I agree. And then we went from Portland to the coast. Yeah. Portland was cool, though, because we had a car. And I feel we like you need to have a car yeah. in Portland. It's got the same kind of urban sprawl dynamic that Louisville's got. Do you remember trying to go to Multnomah? Yeah. We tried three times to go to Multnomah Falls, which is like the most famous waterfall in probably all of North America. We made it. We did, but it took so long to try to find a place to put our car. Yeah. We should have like taken a bus or something. That would have made more sense. Um, Because there's not much parking and it's so popular. And then we hiked to the top of it, which not many people do. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Which was really cool. But it was just one of the biggest waterfalls I think there is. Because we, from down at the bottom, there's that beautiful like iconic bridge. Mm-hmm. And then we hiked up to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then kept going and to kept, the top. Yeah, kept going. And that was a lot more switchbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like 11, wasn't yeah. there? And those were not quick. Those were long switchbacks. And honestly, we could have not and still had seen the same thing, but you were determined that we had to finish the hike we started. I like to finish the things that I start. So we did it. It's it's a little bit. I was annoyed. I don't like to not finish the things that I start. It bothers me. But I liked it. We got to the top and not a lot of people made it to the top. Yeah. Where was we? Where were we? We were in California when we went to that really cool place that had like the raised wooden platforms that walked all the way out to the beach or not to the beach to that cliff that you could look out over the water that was in olympic peninsula at the was very that? top nia bay oh my gosh that was one of my favorite places yeah. nia bay is amazing that place was awesome it's on an indian reservation so you have to when you're supp- when you get there so you're supposed to buy a specific car pass 
um, which we did not know until we were leaving. Don't admit to that, sir. We knew. We, we bought one. We had one. <laughs> so then once you drive through the reservation, you go to the top of Nia Bay, and then you can hike out. That's when we saw the wild... What were they? Seals. Seals. We saw the seals. They were swimming in the yeah. ocean, yeah. That was one of my favorites. That was the place where I really felt like I was back in time. But And then also that place where we saw all those huge freighters, and we were just kind of like on the ocean. I mean, like I had seen pictures of places like that, but I'd never been in a place like that before, and it was really cool. So from Portland, we continued south along the coast, all the way down the coast, highway number one. Highway one. To San Francisco. Yep. And we stayed in Mendocino. Mendocino, California. Which was beautiful. It was amazing. Ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. But amazing for a two-night honeymoon stay. And in California, like all of these succulent plants that everybody loves so much, they're just growing everywhere. Everywhere. On the sides of cliffs. Yeah. Like out of people's foreheads. Everywhere (laughs) you look, just succulents all over the place. Yeah, that was really cool. And then in... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. And Mendocino too. We got there to the resort because we just we had splurged for a resort. Yeah. Otherwise, we were staying in these cheap hotels and like, you know, houses and Airbnbs. But in Mendocino, they upgraded us to the honeymoon suite without even knowing oh, we were yeah. actually on our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, we had already splurged. We stayed that place two nights because it was a big fancy place, and we and we had rented out like our own little. It was like a little cabin, kind of like it a. It was like a villa. Like a little villa. That's the perfect word for it. But we hadn't done anything super special, and apparently they had overbooked, um, and so we got there late because we were driving, and because we were the last people there to check in, they didn't have any more of the places that we had booked, and so they stuck us in the honeymoon suite. Which was amazing. It was crazy. Yeah. It had a fireplace. The view was crazy. I'm going to have to post this, those pictures. Like, you posted some, right? deck with a... A hammock and a bunch of chairs and then it had this amazing bathroom with an ocean view i'll that post the cool. pictures to the community group page so you guys can see it because it was awesome yeah um and that was amazing we stayed there twice that had a my favorite part was it had a telescope and i was mm-hmm. looking at things and i saw the deer yep and that was really awesome that was my favorite place that was my it favorite was place too and then we kept going until we made it to San Francisco. And San Francisco was cool. We hiked in that one park. We saw the red-tailed hawks. Mm-hmm. We, th- that was the one that was right by the Golden Gate Bridge. In the San go- Francisco was my least favorite, but I think that's because it was the end of the trip. Yeah, we were tired. And we were exhausted. Yeah, but we bought some really cool things in San Francisco that you can't buy in Louisville. Yeah. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing about San Francisco that was lame was the hills. Yeah, walking in San Francisco was really hard. Oh, my gosh. We had given up our rental car the day one that we got there. And then it was like, oh, my, we should not have done that. That was a mistake. Yeah, walking was tough. And public transportation is not easy. Uh-uh. The trolley system is, is pointless. It's expensive and it's a tourist trap. So we ended up Ubering a lot of the time. We ended up walking most of the time. We walked most of the time. And that was rough. East well, we still got to see like Pier Thirty Nine. Like, yeah, that was some so of those cool. Famous things. Man, those fucking, those, what were those called? Elephant seals? They weren't elephant seals. They're sea lions. Sea lions. Those stanky ass, loud ass motherfucking sea lions. Yeah. They were fighting and shit. They were. Gosh, I've got so much. This is cool that we've had all these conversations because I can share all the videos and stuff. I'll share all the stuff, guys. I'll share it all on the and community we, page. Yeah, we flew home from San Francisco. Yep, and it was amazing. 
So we got to do another trip like that together soon. I have lots of places I want to go. Okay, well, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Sarah, this is the podcast. I feel like all we've talked about is trips I've gone on, which is kind of boring. There's nothing else you want to talk about. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. We kind of did talk about our relationship, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I mean, this has been like our fourth time trying to podcast together. Well, fourth time's the charm because that was awesome. (laughs) That was beautiful. Good. Because you did an amazing job. Thanks, babe. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, babe. You're welcome. I tried. You you, you did fucking amazing. The wine helped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Well, you did awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Me too. I love you. I love you more. I mean that more when I say it to you than when I say it to most of my other guests. Do you? A hundred percent. Yes. Because I'm your wife? Yeah, that's the that's the big part of it. That's the, that's the reason why mostly. Okay. I look forward to doing this again in the future. Me too, actually, which is different than what I've thought before, because usually this is not a good experience for me, but this was actually a really positive, fun time. Because you killed it. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, all right, well, thanks again. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that's it. That's episode two with the lovely and talented Miss Sarah Embry. I'm not going to lie. I feel sorry for you guys. I live with her. I get to see her every day. It's such a privilege. But for you guys who don't, I just want to encourage you not to worry. She'll definitely be back. We've got plans for Just Friends couples all lined up. Maybe you can talk to her in person. So if you're interested in being on the show, maybe with a significant other and making a couples podcast, reach out to me. I would love to help make something like that a reality. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, but you don't necessarily feel comfortable contributing by actually being a guest, there's also the Patreon page, which if you're interested in supporting the show, you can check out. You can become a patron and uh, your investment goes into the growth that is already started taking place here at Just Friends and to making sure it's continued. I have plans for merchandise and I have all kinds of stuff that I would love to happen, but it requires an investment. And if I keep digging the hole any deeper, Sarah's going to start yelling at me. So help us out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can also support us there by liking the show, rating it five stars if you don't mind, and leaving comments, or just by sharing the Facebook page or the Instagram page with other people, letting them know about what we've got going on here and what we're creating together. So thank you guys so much. I love all of you. I'm so glad that you're enjoying what we're making here, and I hope you have an amazing week. Bye.